0: The following is a presentation of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Powered by Learfield. Welcome to Inside Eagle Nation, your official podcast for Georgia Southern Athletics.
1: Patrice's debut continues to impress. Four touchdown passes has just tied a Georgia Southern school record. It is 44-7.
0: Inside Eagle Nation is brought to you by Morris Bank. It pays to bank blue. Bud Light. Responsibility has its rewards. Enjoy responsibly. And by Savannah Hilton Head International
1: Airport. Shot fake to get around Anderson. The lane. There's another. Highlight reel. Doug. Check the rim check the bolt he almost ripped it off the backboard it's a game-by-game thing with Kamari Brown
0: Eagles fans this is your all-access pass to all things true blue it's time to take you inside Eagle Nation and as coach Russell will say you ain't seen nothing yet and now here's your host
1: the voice of the Eagles Danny Reed Eagle Nation, it's great to see you again. Episode 223 of the Inside Eagle Nation podcast, and what a week that was. Championships won, milestones achieved, all conference laurels garnered, that was quite a week for Georgia Southern Athletics, and we are happy to recap it for you. And we also have a special feature interview this week. He has been the longtime athletics bus driver for Georgia Southern. Bill Bryan will offer some of his favorite memories, some of his favorite coaches, players, and the sports that he has worked with. This is going to be a treat, and we can't wait to bring it to you. But in what has been a long-standing tradition on the Inside Eagle Nation podcast, you win a championship, you start off the show. And that's exactly what Women's Rifle did over the weekend at the Southern Conference Championship in Charleston, winning their second straight outright league title, the first two outright league titles in program history. On the first day, they won the small bore competition, finishing with a SOCON championship record score. They finished third in the air rifle, but in the aggregate, another record set, not just winning the league title for the second straight year, but setting a SOCON meet record with a 46-57. Individual honors were picked up by Addie Burrow and Abby Visconti. Addie is also getting ready for NCAA championship competition this weekend up in Akron in the air rifle. And we had a chance to visit with head coach Soren Butler, who picked up a league championship in his
2: first season and described how special this has been with his group. I'm really proud of all the work the girls put in this year. I think first kind of conversations we had, we're talking about what we want the team to be and where we want the culture to go, and and to see it. You know, the ups and downs of the season and then come out, you know, with them having a, an outcome success I think was really exciting and special for the girls, obviously. It was a lot of fun. Whether it was taking them to Alaska
1: for the experience of a lifetime or going through an undefeated Southern Conference season, what do you feel you
2: most learned about your group? Mostly just getting to know them as people and seeing how they kind of act in practice and in matches and, and building our team based off of that I think was probably our biggest learning experience and just learning what we can do to be better and how we can communicate better and ultimately how we can get better on the range too through that we'll get to Addie's accomplishments
1: in a minute but for amy visconti to step forward like she did finishing first team all conference what a weekend for her in charleston
2: yeah that was awesome she's shot some good small bore all year kind of same kind of some ups and downs and and for her to come out big at the end like that was we're really proud of her and it's exciting and and Really, though, it was a long time coming. She's been capable of that for a while, and it was nice to see her put one together. To get Addie as a grad transfer from NC State, you knew she had the
1: outstanding pedigree, but to finish the weekend, not just first team all league, but SoCon air rifle and small bore athlete of the year, that's an amazing accomplishment.
2: Yeah, really, it's been great having, you know, Addie and just raising that standard of the team. I think she brought in a different mindset and a different idea of what it means to practice at a championship level, and I think, that has really raised the level of some of the other girls on the team's training with her, and and she's a great teammate as well, and uh, we're, we're really blessed to have her. You're heading to the NCAA Championships
1: this weekend. Addie's going to be representing Georgia Southern in the Air Rifle. It's the culmination of a lot of hard work
2: for her, but what does this mean for you as her coach to be a part of this and see her try to make her dreams come true? I'm just really proud of her. I know coming in, that was one of the first things she said was that was her goal, to make NCA. She's been close on the bubble for three years in a row now and really at a level where She could make it any year and just the way our qualification system works hadn't made it on the day of and for her to make it this year was a long time coming yeah i'm just really proud of the work she's put in and the mindset she brings to the team and and the work ethic she brings and seeing that rewarded is really satisfying congratulations to georgia southern women's rifle and best of luck to addie
1: burrow this weekend at ncaa championship competition in akron she will participate on friday In the air rifle, women's tennis made news mid last week as for the first time ever, ITA national ranking for the women's tennis program. We talked about the hot streak they were on the week before, led by head coach Sean McCaffrey, but now ranked number seventy-four in the country. Off to that seven and one start, the third best ever in Georgia Southern women's tennis history. Went two and one last week, falling on Wednesday to North Florida four to three, but coming back for victories over the weekend: a shutout over FAMU four nothing on Saturday, and then a five two win over Davidson on. On Sunday to finish up non-conference play with a 9-2 and record. It's now Sunbelt Conference action from here. This coming Saturday, they'll head to Conway to battle Coastal Carolina at 10 a.m. Meanwhile, for men's tennis, they've been boiling hot as well with three more victories last week, upping their personal win streak to seven consecutive matches and now 10-3 and overall this season. On Thursday, they took down North Florida 4-1 and then back-to-back shutouts over the weekend, 4-0 over Mercer and 4-0 over UAB to get ready for two matchups in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina this coming weekend. They'll take on the Charlotte 49ers on Saturday before matching up with Queen's on Sunday, And you want to talk about Milestone's set. How about what happened for Georgia Southern baseball last Tuesday night at J.I. Clement Stadium? Rodney Hennon, Georgia Southern's 24th-year head coach, went into that matchup against the Mercer Bears with 799 wins. He finished the evening with 8-0-0. In convincing fashion, 11-0 was the shutout for Georgia Southern, pitching their second shutout over the previous three games. Jalen Payton went five shutout innings with eight strikeouts, and Georgia Southern scored early and often and picking up an 11 to nothing win for Rodney Hennon's 800th in Statesboro. He joined Whitney Hayworth during the Ford Clubhouse report to talk about what the honor means at a place like Georgia Southern.
3: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to get win number five for this team this year. And, and you know, uh, the longer I do this, hey, I'm just thankful every day that I get to come
1: here and, and do something I love to do. At a place where we get so much support, you know, from our administration, from our community, another great crowd here tonight, and and to be around a group of kids that come out here and, and play hard and compete every day. You know, I'm, I'm
3: just blessed to be able to do what I get to do.
1: Eagles went on the road for the first time all season last weekend down to Orlando to take on an upstart UCF program that was 7-1 and on the season, top 30 in the RPI, and they had just swept Clemson at Clemson the weekend before. Georgia Southern built a 4-0 lead on Friday night in Game 1, only to see the Knights come back for a walk-off win 5-4 to to take the opener and improve to 8-1 and on the season. But something must have ticked the Eagles off because they dominated the final two games of the series, scoring 11 runs the very next inning, the top of the first on Saturday afternoon. They sent 17 to the plate. The first 10 guys of the game all gone on base and they never looked back in a 19 to 7 victory, setting season highs with runs scored and with 21 base hits, as Noah Ledford had a career-high four knocks and four at-bats, hit a home run and drove in six. Jesse Sherrill also tied a career high with four hits, setting up the rubber game on Sunday. And despite falling behind 2-0 in the first inning, Georgia Southern put up a six spot in the top of the second and led the rest of the way, picking up an 11-8 to victory over the Knights, finishing the weekend with a 7-4 and record and now a top 10 RPI ranking, heading into an important five-game week. It starts tonight at SRP Park in North Augusta, South Carolina, right on the gorgeous Savannah River at the home park of the Augusta Green Jackets, the Class A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. First of back-to-back midweek matchups between Georgia Southern and those Georgia Bulldogs. Eagles have won six of the last nine meetings in the series, but Georgia did take two of three in that midweek series in 2022. However, the Eagles did dominate at SRP a year ago. Despite falling behind 5-0 in the first inning, Georgia Southern scored the final 13 runs unanswered in a 13-5 victory. Have a 635 first pitch from SRP tonight up in North Augusta. We'll be live at 6 p.m. with the Cutwater Spirits on Deck Circle. Wednesday night, expecting a sellout crowd as Georgia Southern hosting Georgia for the only time this season. That's a 6 o'clock first pitch over at J.I. We'll be live at 5-30. And then this weekend, Georgia Southern welcomes in a Rutgers program out of the Big Ten. They won 44 games last year, made it to the big 10 tournament championship game and did not receive a bid to the NCAA tournament but they are a program that has experienced a lot of success in the last 18 months and they'll put the Eagles to the test in their final non-conference series of the season. Join us at J.I. this weekend 6 30 on Friday for educators night Saturday at 2 p.m. as the kids take over J.I. Clements and Sunday at 1 p.m. for Sunday fun Day. Let's take a time out on this week's edition of Inside Eagle Nation. When we come back we'll continue our rundown across Georgia Southern Athletics. You're listening to Inside Eagle Nation.
0: Eagle Nation, don't miss this week's episode of Blue White Weekly, your weekly look inside Georgia Southern Athletics. Friday,
1: 4 p.m. on Valley Sports Southeast and Saturday, 1130 a.m. on WJCL. Hear exclusive interviews, catch up on highlights, and get primed for the weekend ahead. Check your local listings for Blue White Weekly, your weekly look inside Georgia Southern Athletics. Friday, 4 p.m. on Valley Sports Southeast and Saturday, 1130 a.m. on
0: WJCL.
1: Georgia Southern softball went out of Tallahassee last weekend for the FSU Dugout Club Classic, left with a 3-2 record in their five matchups, 10-10 through their first 20 games of the season, going into tonight's non-conference matchup over at Eagle Field at 5 p.m. against Kansas State. On Friday, Georgia Southern swept its two games, defeating Colgate 7-3 behind Bailey Holland's complete game and then a 2-1 to walk-off victory over UMass in eight innings as Faith Barth scored the game-winning run and Morgan Kendrick posted her second straight 13-strikeout game as the Eagles beat the Minute Women. On Saturday, the Eagles split their two games, defeating UMass 4-3 to thanks to a two-run top of the seventh, highlighted by Janai Coughlin's game-tying home run and a game-winning sacrifice fly off the bed of Olivia Creamer. The number 5 Seminoles, the host team for the tournament, then took down Georgia Southern 4-0 in the nightcap and then defeated the Eagles 9-1 to on Sunday. Following the matchup against Kennesaw State tonight at Eagle Field, Georgia Southern heads to the Ann Arbor Invitational up in Michigan this weekend. Georgia Southern men's golf is getting some national attention as Ben Carr, the fifth year senior standout from Columbus, made his PGA Tour debut participating in the Puerto Rico Open, carding a plus one over his two days at the event. Eagles are currently in competition at the Colleton River Collegiate in South Carolina. That's being hosted by Michigan State. They finish up today, so we'll have a full rundown of the results of that event coming up on next week's edition. Keep in mind, Georgia Southern won the Colleton River Collegiate last year and in 2020. And we know it's going going to be busy for men's golf with the Shankle coming to town next weekend and then Ben Carr individually getting set for his first ever appearance at the Masters coming up in early April. What an honor. After finishing second in the U.S. Amateur over the summer, Ben will be the first Eagle in nearly 40 years to participate in the Masters. That is quite the honor for Georgia Southern Athletics. And closing things out on the hardwood, as Georgia Southern men's and women's basketball headed to Pensacola last week for the 2023 conference tournament from the Pensacola Bay Center, the women entered tournament play as the number six seed and took on number 11 Arkansas State. Regulation was not enough for this second round matchup. Unfortunately, the season ended for the Eagles in an 81 to 76 final. As the campaign concluded with a 20 and eight overall mark, the first 20 win season for women's basketball, in 20 years. Taryn Ward was named the league's final player of the week, third time this year that Taryn has garnered player of the week honors. She was also named postseason first team all league and closed out the season with 17 points and 10 rebounds for her 11th double-double. Also, Taya Gibson lived up to her tournament Taya nickname with a career-high 26 points. She also grabbed 14 rebounds, eight on the offensive end, but the Eagles were unable to overcome 23 turnovers and an 11 of 24 performance at the free-throw line in the five-point lost to the Red Wolves but what a season Fred coach Anita Howard 20 victories for the first time in two decades on the men's side Georgia Southern finishing the regular season with four victories in six games to earn the number seven seed as they matched up with number 10 ULM it was a tight battle up until the final minutes in fact it was a two-point game with just 330 to play then Jalen Finch took over he scored 10 consecutive points out of his 14 total over a two-minute stretch and they hung on to beat the Warhawks 66 to 57 Eagle defense held ULM to 32 percent shooting but this night was all about the close of fifth-year senior Jalen Finch, who joined us on the Ford Locker Room Wrap-Up.
4: Early on in the game, you know, it was pretty tough for me. Uh, a lot of my shots wasn't falling. So, uh, you know, Coach just told me to keep, keep my confidence. And, um, you know, those are like, at the end of the, end of the game, you know, I like, like myself in those, in those moments. So I just try to keep my confidence and stay aggressive.
1: How much do you use your NCAA tournament experience from last year to help these guys get to a point where you were last year?
4: Um, just try to coach the guys and be a leader. Uh, you know, I've been there before, so um, I know how. You know, every possession matters. So just try to coach the guys up and encourage them, and you know, keep our keep keep our confidence going. I know Coach
1: Bergen's been fighting all season long to get you to be a vocal leader. Do you feel like that's a step you've made late, lately?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, just a, um, definitely took a leap man been a leader and been more vocal this year um so i just try to do my best with it and try to lead these guys the best way i can
1: what did it mean to you guys to be able to do this tonight without andre
4: Uh, i mean a lot you know dre is um you know uh, one of our best players uh, all conference uh, player great great player and um you know he gave us confidence confidence we need you know to win this game so it was it was big that we won it you got a little bit
1: of revenge to get against Louisiana. That was a game that slipped back in January. You guys played so well in that first half before they came back to win it by nine late. To know that a shot in the semifinals is on the line against a team that you were competitive with earlier this season, even if you don't get Andre back, what's it going to take for this team to get one more?
4: It's going to take, you know, playing with a sense of desperation, um, sense of urgency, um, and knowing that we can't play, take no games off. Um, every possession is going Every possession is going to be important. And, you know, we just need to stay together.
1: Georgia Southern got the victory over ULM despite not having Andre Saversoff due to injury. Andre earned second-team All-League honors just a couple of days before he would return for the next contest against Louisiana, but that's where the season ended for the Eagles against the number 2 Cajuns in a 67-49 loss. Eagles never did get their offense rolling, shot just 22% after halftime and 32% for the game. Despite Andre coming back with 15 points and 7 rebounds, the Eagles ended their season with a 17-16 and record. Following the game, head coach Brian Berg joined us on the Ford Locker Room Wrap-Up to not only sum up the game, but also the season and some final thoughts about his fifth-year seniors
3: they were really aggressive and didn't allow us to be able to play off any type of ball screen which made us real stagnant um, that game there I thought uh, they also dominated the glass and yeah, we, we had maybe six or seven shots that would have just didn't fall but they were really aggressive and uh, give credit to them Louisiana is very well coached team got great players in regards to Jordan Brown as well as Lewis those two guys had a really good inside presence Still wasn't sure about
1: the status of Andre Savrasov coming into this game. We saw him warm up. We thought at least he was going to be able to give it a go. And he played like it may have been his last game, 15 points and seven rebounds. He made the only three of the evening. So whatever he had left in that left ankle, he gave you tonight.
3: I give credit to Andre as well as our training staff. You know, he worked around the clock trying to get back to the court. He's a fierce competitor. Very thankful for him to be able to work as hard as he possibly did to get to the court.
1: Carlos Curry was saddled with foul trouble. He picked up that second one real early at the 16.59 mark. He got his third in the first half as well at 5.41. And with so much front court play that helps the Cajuns, how much did that hamper you guys as you tried to come back?
3: Yeah, we figured, you know, they're going to go into Brown over and over again. He's been playing lights-out basketball for the last five, six games. He's a very talented player. Uh, The foul trouble ended up hurting us. Never could really get into a great rotation. I'm proud of the players to be able to try to play it all the way to the bone. Yeah. And then everything that they've done this year for me. I mean, there's some guys that are fifth-year seniors. Two of them have spent three years from the first time I got here whenever we recruited them uh, to where they are now. And, you know, I, I hope that they've taken something from this program that they're going to be able to use in life. I know that I've taken a lot from them. I'm very appreciative of everything that they've done. But Caden Archie, Kamari Brown, Jalen Finch, those gentlemen are not only good basketball players, but they're phenomenal young men. They're going to have uh, a bright future ahead of them. 17-16 and 16 is where this
1: season comes to a close. What's next for your program over these next few weeks and months? We need to go back to work. You know, The overall
3: goal is you always want to go to the NCAA tournament. You want to be able to uh, play meaningful games in the month of March. We're going to keep on fighting, keep on uh, trying to you know, build the program and win. That's what the, the overall goal is. I've uh, got, I got a, a great locker room in regards to some young guys that are developing. We'll have a really good uh, spring. And then also end up, you know, recruiting as well this spring, going into the summer. So, very appreciative of the guys. You know, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into being a student athlete, and this is a good group of young men. Uh, just wish I could have got them a little bit farther.
1: When we come back from this timeout, we visit with longtime Georgia Southern athletics bus driver Bill Bryant. You're not going to want to miss this. That's coming up next on Inside Eagle Nation.
4: It's time to pack your bags, because Savannah Hilton Head International offers nonstop flights to a variety of major cities, including Denver, Miami, New York City, Washington DC, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and many more. Eight airlines, 26 nonstop destinations. Savannah Hilton Head International, the official airport of Georgia Southern Athletics. See where the airport can take you at flysav.com.
1: Have a chance to sit down with one of the more unique members of Eagle Nation, somebody that's been around for more than 30 years. You probably associate him as being a fan of Eagle Athletics, but also one of Georgia Southern's primary bus drivers. Have the chance to speak with Bill Bryan today. And, Bill, this, is, this has got to be a first, but we've got to get some stories out of you considering how long you've been a part of Georgia Southern.
5: It has been a long time, but it's been joyful. I've enjoyed all the time I've spent with... Eagle Nation and back and forth with all the teams and everything. And people always ask me, said don't them kids give you a whole lot of problem? And, and I can truthfully say, no, it's been great. I love it. It's not a job to me. It's, it's a pleasure. How did your relationship
1: with Georgia Southern start?
5: <laughs>
1: That's really funny.
5: My wife, Regina, at that time she was Regina Day. Well, at that time, Regina Day is Brian. She still is. But she came in one night after a game. They've been out of town. She said, what do you think about driving a bus? I said, well, what do you mean driving a bus? I have no idea about driving a bus. She says, well, she says, the owner says, if you will get your license, and they'll help you do that, you can drive us, and, and I can sleep with the bus driver. <laughs> I said, well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got into it and started doing the girls. And next thing I was doing, working with Roger Inman, doing the, the football team, then I started working with the basketball, men's basketball, and some with the women's basketball, just alternating back. And then finally just over to the men's basketball completely. And then started working with baseball, worked with Skip his last, last year at Georgia Southern, which was fantastic. And uh, then picked up with Rodney Hendon there in his first year and been driving Rodney ever since.
1: I want to stick with what you just brought up about Coach Stallings, that 1999 season, that bridge before Rodney took over in 2000. It was only the one year, but for somebody that is so fondly remembered by Eagle fans across all sports, what do you recollect about him?
5: Well, you know, that was real funny. I should have known that Skip was going this last year because we went up to Western Carolina and playing a game. Me and Skip sitting there in the dugout. The teams have been real good. I. Pretty much sit anywhere I want to sit, so that's great seats in the house. But me and Skip were sitting there. Ball games going on. The assistant coaches were doing their thing, getting everybody set and ready to go. And me and Skip were sitting there talking about going to Costa Rica. And he said, that's a great place to go. He said, I'll go down there and do some team stuff. And said, you'll love it down there. And, And the whole game, me and Skip was talking about going to costa rica (laughs) so i i should have known then this this has got to be skips last year (laughs) he he was he was joyful person to work for and rodney has been just a king
1: me and him get along great that's the sport that people probably associate with you most is that you've driven for rodney hennon's entire tenure since back to 2000 going into his 24th season leading this program how would you describe your relationship with him you know, he's, uh, it's been great working with Rodney.
5: We can talk about everything. We, we, uh, go along the road there. It's no pressure at all there. I say, Rodney, we need want to do this. He said, Bill, whatever you want to do is all right. So he just goes along with me and, uh, you know, he tells the fellas when they get in there right quick that, hey, uh, when I introduce myself there and everybody has got to call me Mr. Bill. So, but me and Rodney, we go back, all his kids growing up with his kids there and stuff and watching them getting married and going to
1: college and graduating and stuff, Whew, time has passed. A lot of times we speak about the relationships between coaches and coaches players and coaches and fans the like but to have that kind of consistency between a head coach and the main transport because at that point george southern wasn't flying very many places i can think about the trip to hawaii that began the 2007 season but you were basically the team's main means of getting to wherever they needed to go when they weren't playing in states, bro. so that's had a chance to to build up a lot over the last 24 years
5: that's true, there, because at that time we were in the uh, Southern Conference, and wasn't no flying in the Southern Conference. We just drove everywhere we had to drive, and that was it. And uh, so you get to get to know the coaches, and, and now you get to know some of the players. You get to know all the players, but it's a strange feeling there when you go back and twenty years, and kid walks up to you and says, "You remember me, Mr. Bill? I say. The face I can remember. A lot of the names I don't always remember. <laughs> but then you can see them, and they standing there with their teenage kids. They playing baseball and doing stuff, and you say, well, I've been around a while at this thing. <laughs> How did you meet Regina? Oh, God. Hannah Fieldhouse. That was where we met. She was home from uh, playing in Australia at the time, and she played over there for nine years. Well, she had came home, and, and we used to have a called noontime basketball and me and coach backers and a lot of the football coaches and everybody would come in and play at noontime some of the faculty staff and everything mike moore jim randall a lot of the fellas we'd go in there and play for about two hours there every day monday through friday well we were just playing one as normally regina walked in and which we had a few women from my time to time would come in and play ball with us but you know, none of them. You know, was, you know, you just come in to have a good time, and we enjoyed it, and we played with them. She came in, and we just got through playing a game. And the team I was on, they won the game, and so they were. She was on the team, and they were coming up, and everybody's picking out. I got so and so. I got so and so. She looked at me and said, "I got him," and I'm thinking, "Wow, well, okay." I said, "You know, because most of them not really athletic that much," and I said, "Well, this is gonna be a long game because I'm fairly physical when I play." And I'm saying, this is gonna be not a good game. So I'm just kind of going through the motions. And ball goes up one time, and I, I kind of laxadaisically jumps up, grab the ball, and she blocks me out. Blocks me out good. And I come down, and I was raving my breath there a little bit. And she says, she turns around, and looked at me, she said, "Are you all right?" And all I can say, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how we met. And uh, we used to always go to the, me and the fellas would always go to the hat or something else, sombreros, as it goes. We'd go there for lunch or some other place. We'd pick out a place and go every afternoon on Fridays, especially, but a lot of times during the week we'd do it too. And so one day um, the fellow said, Hey, Regina, you want to go with us? We're going to eat lunch. And she said, Yeah, we do it and eat lunch. And we did that. And we just sitting there talking around and everything. And uh, I was going to the movie that night, and I just, I don't know why, I just said, hey, would you like to go to the movie tonight? She says, no, uh, I think I've got friends coming by and whatever. I said, okay, well, will do it another time. About three hours later, she called me. She said, you still going to the movie? I said, yeah. She said, well, I, I worked it out, and
1: I, I'll go to the movie if you want to. And the rest is history. To think about how long you've been involved with Georgia Southern Athletics. Now, it was here and there for a while because you worked with CentOS before you had a chance to retire. How did you work it out at the beginning to still be able to be a part of the program when you had the other part of your career?
5: Well, at CentOS I was working Monday through Thursday. We had always had a long weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So some of the teams, they'd go out on Friday and be back on Sunday. Well, I was doing that any of the teams that would I could do it with, some other stuff there from time to time as as Kelly too might need it. So it worked out pretty good there. And then when I retired completely in 2010, me and Roger got together and said, hey, why don't you just, you know, do this? And I'd been referee in high school football and basketball in the state between North Carolina and Georgia for 34, 35 years. And so this is time, I said, well, I guess it's getting close to me, time to me to sit, call, throw up my bags and, and uh, all my flags and whistles and everything and call it a, a day there. And I said, well, driving, I love driving the bus and I love being around the kids and I love sports. So what's the perfect thing to do? Drive the bus. <laughs> yeah, I got into that and, uh, you know, and then so Roger said, uh, I run into uh, Coach Hendon. And he said, I understand Roger told me you would be driving the bus completely now. I said, yeah, I think so, coach. He said, you're going to drive us, aren't you? I said, if you want me to, he said, I'd love you (laughs) to. So instead of just driving him part-time every once in a while, then me and him have been together then ever since full-time. So uh, pretty much I do football, men's basketball, and baseball. I do everything for them and every once in a while another sports if they need somebody to do something.
1: I want to go back to your time as a referee because with the position that you have and what you've done previously, you get a chance to watch a lot of sports. So how does all that affect the way that you get a chance to watch a game when you get that time to be a fan?
5: Uh, that's kind of strange sometimes. I, I sit there and watch like basketball and football. And that's what I did. Uh, I, I look at plays there and stuff, and I'm saying, how did he miss that? And, you know, I got to think. Hey, I, I probably missed a whole lot of them in my days <laughs> and everything. But, you know, you just see certain things and you think, oh, gosh. And, and the fans always say, how could he miss that? It's a little easier to miss than you think when you got all them fellas running and jumping and going every which way and doing everything. So I have a a, a deep. Sympathy for all the officials, I, I give them a second choice. I say, well, he's just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. <laughs> he just missed that one. But it does give you a different outlook on it when
1: after you've done it for so many years, at it, you look out there and say, these fellas got a hard job. I think about the coaches that you would have either worked directly with or had a chance to drive for. You mentioned Coach Stallings, Frank Kearns having, of course, coached here, but also spent time as the color broadcaster on the Georgia Southern Sports Network with Chris Belair, Paul Johnson, Jeff Bunkin. You could go with a much deeper list, but to think about the quality of coach that Georgia Southern attracts, what can you say about the way that not only getting those coaches here, but also the way that they help shape young people?
5: You know, they do a great job. I've met a lot of great coaches, and I stay in contact with a lot of the coaches that were here, football and basketball. Rodney's been fortunate enough there over his years here that he's not lost as many coaches. Now it's getting to that point there. The better you do, the more coaches you lose. And that's what happened in football over the years there and everything. They stayed and uh, made a name for themselves, and then next thing you know, one of them big schools come in and... You know how money talks and everything else walks, but but I've able, been able to keep up with them, and and I run into them from time to time, and they still remember me, and I, I, you know, and we we still have a good talk, and, and it's it's just real 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 nice to have known a lot of the great coaches that have come through Georgia Southern.
1: How has travel changed since you started doing what you've been doing? Ooh, now instead of
5: taking them to Greensboro or taking them to Greenville, and and color Wee and all these other places that we used to go now i'm taking them to the savannah airport taking them to atlanta airport dropping them off uh you know it's uh it's not as much uh driving as it used to be but sometimes uh you know a lot of a lot of the sports still drive a lot of places most of them don't like to go much over eight hours and we can go 10 hours but they usually can go, if they go eight hours, they'll, they'll go head on and, and sometimes drive. But some some of the teams, football especially, they, they won't drive that far a lot of times. They'll go ahead and fly. And a lot of times we'll go pick them up. Me and Rodney Hendon got together there about five years ago. And about the time that we went into the Sunbelt Conference there, and he asked me, he said, Bill said, we're thinking about instead of, you know, driving a lot of these places is too far, uh, we'll be flying. He said, you think about maybe just uh, leaving a day early and drive by yourself? Do you mind doing that? I said, oh, it doesn't bother me at all. I, <laughs> uh, I, it doesn't, doesn't, not at all. I said, uh, he said, okay, if you want to do that, then, and so we've been doing that the last five or six years, seven years, maybe. Going to Texas or whatever, I'll leave the day before, spend a night somewhere in Mississippi, pick them up at the airport the next day and We'll do our normal routine of practicing, game times, and everything else. Sunday afternoon when they finish up, I'll take them back to the airport, and off we go again there, and I'll, I'll stop somewhere, and next day they'll meet me and take off all their equipment. That way they don't lose any equipment because in this day and time, Going on the airport, you may, your luggage and whatever you got may be there when you get there and it may not be there. And when you're trying to play a baseball game, you don't want to get there and find out you ain't got no catcher's mitts and you ain't got no bats or, you know, stuff like that. So it's been a little interesting, different stroke there to to do this travel, but I still enjoy it.
2: Hello, welcome to another bank. Please just say what you need help with.
4: Check my balance.
2: I heard pay a bill. Is that correct?
5: Uh
1: when you bank in Morris Bank, you won't be greeted with an automated response system or wonder if you're just another account number, because real relationships make community banking better. Morris Bank and Georgia Southern Football were built on the same blue-collar mentality, and in Morris Bank, blue isn't just a part of our ad campaign, it's a part of our DNA. Morris Bank is proud to be the season-presenting sponsor of Georgia Southern Football. Bleed blue, bank blue. Morris Bank, member FDIC. Over these three-plus decades, it doesn't always go smoothly. They're are issues at times and I know you have to be a master troubleshooter but what are some of those instances where the unexpected has happened and you've had to kind of be ready to go on the fly
5: <laughs> you know a lot of times things will happen out there on the road there they'll have accidents out there or they'll close down one part of the road and you got to start manipulating how you're going to get back on to where you're trying to get to and everything and uh, and then a lot of times it'll just be I missed a turn (laughs) or whatever. Sometimes Google don't always uh, get me on fast enough to to let me know and traffic and everything. And one time we were coming out of Dallas airport there, pulling out, and and Google says, you need to make a left turn. Well, I'm in the far right lane, and there's five lanes of traffic (laughs) there. And Rodney said, how are we going to get over there, Bill? I said, I don't know, and we just... We just kept going and pushing and pushing. And finally, uh, we made that left turn there. Right? I said, I ain't going to believe we made that turn. I said, well, coach, we got to do what we got to do. But, it, it, you know, things pop up like that. And I, I've been fortunate enough to have understanding coaches that understand things don't always work out like we planned it to do. And the turns ain't going to always be as good as we need to. But we always make it work some kind of way.
1: Were you with us for the Radford basketball trip in 2018? We had to go up the side of that mountain on that road that nobody recognized. Yes, because that's the one that really <laughs> sticks out for me. That I'm thinking about some of these trips.
5: I didn't know you were on that trip, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they had an accident there, and um, he got his GPS out. And he said, "Bill said we'll make a if we turn on this next exit here, we can go over the side and miss that." Uh, accident is out there because uh, it looks like it's going to be bad. I said, okay, you just tell me which way we're going to need to go. And we're going out through there, and it's been, been snowing. And we're going on a little two-lane road and some turns there. There's one of them turns there that you, you can look around and see the back end of the bus as you're going around the other side of the, the mountain there and everything. And we just kept going across, and and uh, you could hear the fellas in the back. <laughs> Uh, and I'm thinking, boy, this is kind of rough here. But we made it on through there, and we slid on by. And I, I, I remember when we got to, where were we were going there, Mark Byington, he says,
1: Bill, don't let him give you them bad, in, bad directions <laughs> no more. You go where you want to go. <laughs> All right. All right. Someone that you brought up a number of times, and he's given us a lot of stories over the last nearly five years, really over the last 45 years. But Roger Inman, how special he is to so many people. How would you – describe roger from your position
5: oh roger's uh, roger's great he me and him has been driving the football team for the last 20 some years together there we've had some other people that come and retired and they leave or different things but me and roger's been the two steady there for the last 20 some years driving together and it's a pleasure riding with roger because he's He's real detailed to everything there, so all I got to do is just follow Roger there and just hold it in the road there. He works on the buses. He knows all about the buses, so if we ever have any little issue out there on the road or anything, he pretty much knows what to do and how to handle it, and so it makes it a whole lot easier when you got Roger with you there to make these trips.
1: What are some of the best moments that you've seen at Georgia Southern, whether it's on the field or on the court? Oh, gosh. Anytime you go to a bowl game, it's always a pleasure there
5: when you can win. As I always remember the Tyler Bass kicking that field goal with no time for a win. That was great. And uh, uh, just, you know, and, and a lot of baseball. Oh, gosh. We've so many baseball stories I could tell you about there that, Rodney and his teams have done over the years. It seem like every year we're in the championship game. <sighs> Hadn't come our way as many times as I'd like it to. We've been in a lot of great games every year. And uh, Rodney has done a great job with the kids there. People always say, is my son being good to you, Mr. Bill? I said, oh. Them fellows are just as nice as they can be, so I don't have any trouble with any of them there. They said, that's really strange. He gives us a lot of problem at home. I said, well. <laughs> I said he, he ain't got to work with Rodney. <laughs> I said, but they, uh, uh, you know, overall the kid's good, and I, I've just had so many over these 25-some years there driving Georgia Southern teams around. It's just been great to
1: see them win and, and the kids, the happiness in their faces when they win. All right, there's a baseball trip that I just thought of. I'm going to go back to Texas State last year. This would have been the first game of that series. That was an amazing series. We didn't know what it was going to be like the rest of the weekend. But I remember going to Extra innings and I saw you pulling the bus around the right field corner and I think I said on the air, Bill Bryan's ready to go home, so this has to be the last pitch. And that ended up being the last pitch of the game, and I'm thinking, okay, you get a chance to watch a lot of things, but by the time the game's getting close to over, you've got to go get the bus. You've got to pull the bus around so they can get loaded up. Maybe some of those moments you get, don't get a chance to see, but to still be able to be a part of it, that's got to be special.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, Usually, depending on where I've got to park the bus, sometimes bus may be <laughs> could be three or four blocks away. It's enjoyable that sometimes I do miss the last few pitches and, and I try to stay as long as I can there. You know you got to get that bus and you got to be ready to go when, <laughs> when coach and everybody gets there and ready to go. I think that a lot of times the the kids – I know when something, everything happened great when I can see the face. I see that first face coming at me. I can see that smile on his face. I said, we put, we made it, we did it, we, we won. And uh, it's, it's a good trip back home. Then, anytime you win, it's always a good trip there. But, I, I, you know, I enjoy, enjoy seeing the faces of the kids there and everything. And, and, the, and the first thing, oh, Mr. Bill, I know we did it.
1: That was a good game. <laughs> Has the bus ever not been where you left it? Oh no! It, it's always been there. That's a, that's a great <laughs> thing. There,
5: uh, a lot of times they'll ask me, "Said, can we leave this on the bus?" Somebody, you know, I said, you can leave anything on there. It doesn't make any difference there. Um, because I, I always lock it up. I said, if somebody gets it, they got a key to get in it. I don't know how they got that, but and no, I've been real fortunate. There, no, the bus has always been there. Every time I went back, it's, it's been there.
1: Now that would be a strange thing if it wasn't though. I see the way the coaches respond to you. I see the way the players respond to you. What does it mean to you to know how high regard they hold you in?
5: Oh, gosh. That gets a little – sometimes gets a little <laughs> neary there. You know, sometimes the coaches you don't never know, especially a new coach come in, it takes a little while sometimes for them to get used to you and you used to them and everything. And um, I like Rodney, I've been with him so long there. I know exactly when I get there – What's gonna happen and what's going on? And he, know, he knows by the time I pull up the brakes and get there, before he starts talking or doing anything, he, and I turn on the lights or whatever, you know. We just have that understanding about each other that's what's gonna happen, and we just, just normally. But the kids, I've just met so many nice kids over the years,
1: and it's just great to be a part of this. To be connected to Georgia Southern in this way, what kind of life has it given you? Oh, gosh. Being in sports,
5: like I said, and refereeing and and being in sports all my life and and loving the game there and everything, all the coaches know I'm all Georgia Southern, but they also know I'm a big North Carolina Tar Heel fan. (laughs) (laughs) And so last night as we were getting ready to eat there, Coach Berg, he saw a phone in my hand. He said, he didn't even look down. He said, how's North Carolina doing? I said, well, they're down right now, <laughs> but, we, <laughs> uh, but you know, we we I go to the final four every year, so uh, that's the, really the only time that I usually miss the baseball team there, uh, Rodney. There is if I, it happens fall when we're on a trip. Uh, a lot of times it doesn't work that way, and I, I I'm able to not miss a trip and they're at home maybe. But I lo- I love that, and they know it. And Georgia Southern has been good to me.
1: This is what I'll close on considering what's ahead for Georgia Southern University athletics with a lot of construction, a lot of change, a lot of improvements, and this feels appropriate because most of the time you've got the steering wheel in your hands, but where do you think Georgia Southern is headed these next few years? Looks like they're headed great there. They they're Doing a lot of things there.
5: We got a new arena that has been well <laughs> needed for some last 20 years. My wife, she coached there for uh, 15 years after she finished her nine years in the professional in Australia. And so she's always said that, she said, when the kids come in, the girls come in, you know, these kids at 17, 18 years old, they're looking to see what, what the gym looks like, what the dressing rooms look like, everything they got to work with is like, how many times we're we going to be on TV? All those things, when you're recruiting, they're looking at. And so for Georgia Southern to keep up with everything is great because – these kids, young kids are coming out, they're so impressionable about certain things in and, and life. And so if you're not keeping up with the old expression, keeping up with the Joneses, then you're going to lose out on a lot of good players if you're not keeping up with the time. And Georgia Southern seems to be going in that right step, and the athletic department is doing a great job doing that.
1: We'll never be able to tell you this enough, but thank you for what you do. We appreciate what you do for Georgia Southern. ha. Oh. <laughs> Thank thank you. That's Bill Bryan. We'll be back with more after this.
4: When the game goes into overtime. But
5: the game goes into overtime. The choice to enjoy is easy. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Order
0: Bud Light online today. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri.
1: Thanks as always to our guests, Soren Butler of Georgia Southern Women's Rifle. Good luck to Addie Burrow as she participates in NCAA championship competition in the air rifle discipline on Friday in Akron, Ohio. Thanks as well to head coach Rodney Hennan and congratulations on victory number 800 as well as picking up victories in two out of three over the weekend at UCF. Baseball in action tonight up at SRP Park in North Augusta. 6.35 first pitch against the Georgia Bulldogs. will be live at 6 p.m. with the Cutwater Spirits on Deck Circle. And of course, Bill Bryan, who has seen a lot in three decades Decades driving the bus for the Georgia Southern Athletic Department. Quite the perspective that we were more than happy to share with you on Inside Eagle Nation. A reminder that Georgia Southern Softball was in town tonight for a 5 p.m. first pitch over Eagle Field against Kennesaw State. Baseball on Wednesday night hosting Georgia at 6 PM over J.I. Clement Stadium. And three at home this weekend as the Eagles welcome in the Rutgers Scarlet Knights for their final non-conference series of the season. 6:30 Friday. 2 o'clock Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday, Georgia Southern versus Rutgers. Thanks to everyone for tuning in this week. We will talk to you next Tuesday, and we'll do it right here on Inside Eagle Nation.
0: You've been listening to Inside Eagle Nation, powered by Learfield, the official podcast of Georgia Southern Athletics.